This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. The Kinescope Initiative Episode 141 A Sitcom Review in Chronological Order From the SFPPN Television Center, take it away, Mark. Thank you, announcer Bod, and welcome to the Kinescope Initiative, a sitcom review in chronological order. Let's continue with the sitcoms of 1987. Harry premiered on ABC on March 4, 1987 at 8.30 p.m. Alan Arkin stars as the head of a purchasing department at a large hospital. His team includes a yuppie, Tom Bray, a math whiz, Matt Craven, and a med school dropout, Richard Lewis. Barbara Dana plays a doctor. Kurt Knudsen plays the hospital administrator, and Holland Taylor plays the chief nurse, who's always trying to catch Arkin's team in their shenanigans. We covered Tom Bray for Breaking Away, Holland Taylor for Bosom Buddies, both on episode 104, and we'll cover Richard Lewis when we get to his starring series. Alan Arkin was taking professional acting lessons by the age of 10. His father was a blacklisted set designer and by the 1960s was a member of the Second City. He was also a successful folk singer. His group, the Terriers, composed the Banana Boat Song, which is based on a traditional Jamaican song. Arkin made it to Broadway in Enter Laughing, winning a Tony and a Theater World Award, Love, The Sunshine Boys, directing that, The White House Murder Case, directing, winning a Drama Desk Award, and Little Murders, same. He quickly got into films, The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming, which was an Oscar nomination, a Golden Globe nomination, and a win, Wait Until Dark, The Heart is a Lonely Hunter, another Oscar and Golden Globe nomination, Catch-22, Little Murders, which he also directed, Last of the Red Hot Lovers, Freebie and the Bean, The 7% Solution, The In-Laws, Edward Scissorhands, The Rocketeer, Glengarry Glen Ross, Gross Point Blank, Little Miss Sunshine, Oscar and SAG Wins, The 2008 Get Smart as The Chief, and Argo, Oscar, Golden Globe nominations, and SAG Win. He was also Oscar-nominated for a short film, People Soup, which he directed. In terms of TV, Arkin had runs on Sesame Street, 100 Center Street, BoJack Horseman, and The Kaminsky Method, which got him Emmy, Golden Globe, and SAG nominations. Matt Craven is a Canadian character actor with films Tin Men, Blue Steel, A Few Good Men, Crimson Tide, Crash, Disturbia, and White House Down, along with TV shows Tough Cookies, High Incident, L.A. Doctors, The Lion's Den, Reigns, NCIS, Justified, Resurrection, and Sharp Objects. Barbara Dana was married to Alan Arkin for 30 years and appeared with him on the stage in Enter Laughing, the film The In-Laws, and TV, Sesame Street. She also had a number of TV guest spots. Kurt Knudsen would later recur as a judge on Law & Order and several TV guest spots. He passed in 2018. Harry lasted all of four episodes with three more never aired. I found an episode on the Internet Archive. The opening theme starts classical and then goes into rock. 
The episode starts with an artsy tracking through the warehouse space. Lewis basically plays himself, which is his standard operating procedure. Arkin plays Sergeant Bilko. I'm sure this was sold to the network as a modern Phil Silver show, while Knudsen and Taylor play early Frank Burns and Margaret Houlihan. Roomies premiered on NBC on March 19, 1987 at 9 p.m. Actually, 9.10 p.m. There must have been some sort of NFL overrun. Burt Young, the Rocky franchise, plays an ex-drill instructor, and Corey Haim, 80s heartthrob, later disaster, plays a 14-year-old genius. They both go to a local college and become roommates. Wackiness ensues. There's also a trio of singing freshmen, Michael Lesko, Robert Rames, and Larry Ray, wandering the halls. Burt Young actually did a tour of duty in the U.S. Marines in the late 50s. He went on to become a professional boxer with a 17-0 record. He trained with Lee Strasberg and got into acting with his poly role in Rocky, earning him an Oscar nomination. Young has had a long career as a character actor, mostly playing working-class Italian-Americans. Films include Chinatown, Harry and Walter Go to New York, The Choir Boys, All the Marbles, Once Upon a Time in America, The Pope of Greenwich Village, Back to School, perhaps this got him the Roomies gig, Last Exit to Brooklyn, Betsy's Wedding, and the TV miniseries Bride of Violence, with a lot of TV guest work. Young became a published author and painter and is still active as an actor, with four productions in progress. Corey Haim was born in Toronto. His parents divorced when he was 11, and his mother encouraged him to take acting classes. He almost wound up as a hockey player, but became a child actor instead, co-starring in Canadian series The Edison Twins. Haim quickly moved into films. Roomies was more of a speed bump. Lucas, Secret Admirer, Murphy's Romance, The Lost Boys, License to Drive, Dream a Little Dream. He was often paired with Corey Feldman, who became The Two Corys. Haim was plastered on the cover of Tiger Beat, and the pressure and lack of parental monitoring turned him to drugs. As he moved past teen heartthrob and his drug use worsened, he did a lot of direct-to-video movies and music videos. By the mid-90s, his career was in a tailspin, and by 2001, he was living in an apartment above a garage and seen to be disoriented in an e-true Hollywood story. Haim did some reality shows, including a show with his former Corey pal, at one point admitting to having been sexually abused as a teen. He was homeless by 2008 and died of a drug overdose in 2010. Roomies was not a hit for NBC running all of eight episodes. Episodes were re-aired during NBC's Saturday morning programming. I found an episode on the Internet Archive. The script is absolutely horrible. The singing group makes no sense. It's like they ran out of script and needed filler. Young's character wants to raise hell, while Haim is very introverted. One scene looks like it was shot with a candle. Haim's character meets a woman working at the college bookstore. At one point, an extra walks in and says, Where are the books? He awkwardly chats her up, but doesn't follow up. Young's character tells him to go for it. 
They go to her dorm and learn that she went home for the weekend, then get her home address in another town and take a greyhound there that night. During the ride, Young tells Haim that when a girl says no, she doesn't always mean no. Yee. They find her house and are invited in to find a lot of people. It's her actual wedding. Remember, he's 14. His birthday happens during the episode. She's a college student who gets married. Which state is this happening in? A 14-year-old and an 18-year-old at least? NBC was doing very special episodes about topics like this at the time. I've posted a link to the episode in the show notes so you can see this for yourself. A decade later, a show like this would have been on the Disney Channel. Once upon a time, there was a vain queen who was so jealous of her beautiful stepdaughter, Snow White, that she poisoned her with an apple. But a handsome prince came along and broke the spell. Snow White and Prince Charming threw the wicked stepmother down a bottomless pit and lived happily ever after. But it turns out the pit wasn't bottomless, just very deep. And now the queen was very mad. With a spell so powerful, even she couldn't control it, she put the Charmings to sleep for a thousand years. She also got herself in one war. Eventually, they woke up. The Charmings premiered on ABC on March 20th, 1987 at 8 p.m. A high concept to say the least. As heard in the opening credits, Snow White and Prince Charming defeat the wicked stepmother Lillian, who responds by putting a spell on them, one so powerful the stepmother gets pulled into it. They are all pulled from fairy tales to 1987 Burbank, where they try to adapt to their new lives. Snow, Caitlin O'Heaney, later Carol Houston, becomes a dress designer, Charming, Christopher Rich, a children's story writer, and their kids, Thomas and Corey, Brandon Call, and Garrett Ratliff, go to Monday school. Lillian, Judy Parfit, is now the classic mother-in-law who lives upstairs, along with dwarf henchman Luther, Cork Herbert, and the magic mirror, the voice of Paul Winfield. Dory Brenner and Paul Eiding play the next-door neighbors who can't understand all the shenanigans. We covered Paul Winfield in episode 51 for Julia and Caitlin O'Heaney in episode 92 for Apple Pie. Carol Houston started as a singer and actress in Chicago. She'd go on to regular or recurring roles on Island Sun and Matlock, along with a lot of guest spots. She became a real estate agent in 2003. Christopher Rich already had a run on Another World prior to this series. He went on to regular or recurring roles on Sibs, The George Carlin Show, Murphy Brown, Reba, Boston Legal, Melissa and Joey, as well as the film The Joy Luck Club. Brandon Call began his acting career at the age of eight, doing voice work on The Black Cauldron. He had a run on Santa Barbara before The Charmings, then went on to play Hobie on the first season of Baywatch. His big hit was Step by Step, which he was on until its final season when he retired from acting. Garrett Ratliff started as a baby model and did a few guest spots before The Charmings. More guest spots and then film work followed, Arachnophobia, the 1990 Captain America, Return to the Blue Lagoon. In 1992, he and his brother got roles in the Mighty Ducks trilogy and continued to play hockey in school. He returned for the Ducks reboot TV series. Judy Parfit has made a career out of playing domineering older women. 
She started off in the UK doing guest TV work with regular or recurring roles on A Man Called Harry Brent, Z Cars, David Copperfield, ITV Play of the Week, Angel Pavement, Les Miserables, The, the Avengers, Villette, Diamond Crack Diamond, Jackanory, A Tale of Two Cities, Crown Court, The Jewel in the Crown, Mr. Pie, The Gravy Train, Eye of the Storm, ER, Funland, Little Dorrit, The Game, and Up the Women. And currently plays Sister Monica Joan on Call the Midwife. Cork Hubbard is a little person and got most of his roles partly based on that. The Charmings was his only regular TV role. He did a number of guest spots and appeared in films Where the Buffalo Roam, Under the Rainbow, and Legend. He passed in 2003. Dory Brenner attended the Yale School of Drama and already had runs on Cassie and Company and Who's the Boss prior to The Charmings. Much later, she would have a run on Ned and Stacy. Brenner appeared in films The Other Side of the Mountain, Altered States, Baby Boom, and For the Boys. She passed in 2000. Paul Eiding is mostly known for a long career in voice acting, with regular or recurring roles on The Littles, The Transformers as Perceptor, A Pup Named Scooby-Doo, Fantastic Max, Toxic Crusaders, The Pirates of Darkwater, Skeleton Warriors, The Savage Dragon, Bruno the Kid, The Fantastic Voyages of Sinbad the Sailor, Witch, Ben 10, Mater's Tall Tales, with over a hundred video game roles in StarCraft, Metal Gear Solid, Diablo, Star Trek Starfleet Command, Warcraft, EverQuest, God of War, Guild Wars, Avatar, Halo, Fallout, along with live-action roles on Trapper John M.D. and Picket Fences. The Charmings actually did fairly well as part of ABC's TGIF lineup in a six-week run and got a second season when the network moved it to Thursday, opposite A Different World and The Good Old Pudding Guy. A total of 21 episodes with one never aired. The show did win an Emmy for lighting. Found an episode on YouTube? There's a lot of magic effects using 80s video tech. The Wicked Stepmother is essentially Endora. The Mirror and Luther try to fit in, but not so much the Mother. There's no consistency in terms of the cast modern knowledge. They lose at Trivial Pursuit, but make references to current pop culture. Corn Kid premiered on CBS on March 23, 1987 at 8.30 p.m. This teen com stars Bruce Norris as the title character working at a movie theater who dreams of getting into showbiz. Ray Burke plays the grumbly manager, Jeffrey Joseph, a football-playing usher, Penelope Ann Miller, an usherette who has a crush on the lead, Faith Ford, a cheerleader and usherette, with John Christopher as the projectionist. Now, we covered John Christopher in episode 88 for On Our Own, and we'll cover Faith Ford when we get to her better-known series. Bruce Norris went into films A Civil Action and The Sixth Sense. Ray Burke has made a career out of character roles and was a regular or recurred on Fresno, The Wonder Years, Night Court, Undercover, Dear John, L.A. Law, Coach, Silk Stockings, Black Scorpion, Days of Our Lives, a ton of guest spots, as well as films 
Throw Mama from the Train, Doc Hollywood, Star Trek Insurrection, and the Naked Gun franchise. Jeffrey Joseph would go on to Dream On, A Million Little Things, Big Sky, and Ghost Rider, along with a lot of guest spots and films, Jumpin' Jack Flash, Roxanne, Scrooged, Dave, Made in America. There was a long hiatus in his career from 1997 to 2006, though. Penelope Ann Miller's parents were in the biz, her mother a costume designer and her father an actor and producer. Penelope got her start on Broadway in Biloxi Blues. She would later do the film, following that up with Our Town and a Tony nomination. The same year as The Popcorn Kid, she got a role in Adventures in Babysitting. Other films? Big Top Pee-wee, The Freshman, Awakenings, Kindergarten Cop, Other People's Money, The Gun in Betty Lou's Handbag, Chaplin, Carlito's Way with a Golden Globe nomination, The Shadow, and The Artist with a SAG nomination. Miller returned to TV in the late 90s, The Closer, A Minute with Stan Cooper, Vanished, Men of a Certain Age, Mistresses, American Crime, Gaslight, and Dirty Diana. The Popcorn Kid was gone in six episodes. I did find an episode on YouTube. The extensive interior set is very impressive. I guess producer Barry Kemp had a track record from Newhart. The cast really works the script. I can't figure out why this didn't work. More of 1987 sitcoms in our next episode. Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Well, I'm filing this episode in the archive. Tune in next time.